You are listening to the History Boys. I am Christopher Whedon, and I am a very uh, non-hungover History Boy today. Ah, well rested. Nice. Unlike last time, I yeah. feel I was very tired for the last recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just chased it with some booze. There you go. Uh, I am uh, Zach Scared Shitless Mech, because uh, it, it, it is... Uh, very close to my favorite holiday. Oh, uh, yeah. 9-11, that is. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, Jesus no, no. Christ. That's fucked up. No, I'm... Uh, Patriot's Day? Pa- Patriot's Day, yes. <laughs> You're going with the uh, SS nickname? Is, is, is that scared shitless? Sa- yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, or Mistus Day? It, it, it's, it's only ironic because of me being Mexican, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I am also a history boy, and I am so excited for Halloween to be here. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Spooky. Spooky. And I am Jerry Nash, history boy as always, here continuing our spooky season. (laughs) And our our resident uh, father, Tyler Armantrout, is uh, still taking care of a small human. Yeah. So we have with us again. Replacement history boy Andrew Stevens, and uh, uh, I think I think we got Tyler coming back next week uh, mm-hmm. if I don't murder him and take his place. Nah, Just, uh, uh, not only as a history boy, but as his child's father. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I spoke to him the other day. He's very excited to come back. He thinks he's funnier and smarter than Andrew. <laughs> made, yeah. made, he made a lot of points. He, very angry and drunkenly. He, he got me slammed down. his yeah. fist. He oh. sent them to me, he, as he's telling Chris. <laughs> oh, he, he recorded the conversation and sent it to Andrew. He wanted him to know. He wanted him to see how he felt about how he was superior to Andrew. <laughs> In every way. And uh, he's wrong. He, Tyler sucks. He's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking worst. Well, I gotta kill him. I hate him, and he's stupid, and he's not funny. And uh, He's dead to me. And his kid's weird looking. <laughs> Looks just like him. Jesus. Looks just like him. But Tyler does look like a baby, so all babies look yeah, like yeah. Tyler. We've said this before, yeah. Yes. I know, but it's so funny. <laughs> Chris, are, are you so angry and fed up with Tyler that you're going to start up your own Twitter account? Just I, to, just I, to I say said how much anti Armantrout. I guess at anti Armantrout. <laughs> I was going to say anti Armantrout.com, but I got to make sure that's. That's also the Twitter handle. Is, it says dot com. It's like a circle with a slash through it and like a picture of Tyler's face. Yeah. That's, like, that's mm. going to be the logo for my podcast yeah. <laughs> I'm starting afterward called the Anti Tyler History Boy yeah. uh, uh, Secession Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be on that one too. Yeah. We're and all going really to be just guests gonna, on that. It's just going to be tearing Tyler down. Yeah. yeah. It was going to be like, like I'll mention it. Uh, an event from history, but we're going to relate that to how Tyler sucks. <laughs> we'll be like, so the Bay of Pigs. Anyway, Tyler sucks. <laughs> and then it's that for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so this week, gentlemen, I got a doozy oh boy. of a story to tell you. Ooh, I'm frothing at the loins. Oh. I mean, me too, but it's a health issue. Mm. <laughs> Yeast infection, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. This week, we're going to. Clipperton Island. Ooh, Ooh. all heard right. This place, scenic Clipperton Island. Yeah. Only I only know it from that you told us we're doing an episode about Clipperton Island, and you told me not to read the outline, which you don't have to tell me not to read the I outline. Know. I know. <laughs> this, so this is the island where uh, Jeffrey Epstein lived, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> How close to Kokomo is Clipperton Island? <laughs> uh, wrong ocean. Oh, yeah. I think right. Kokomo would it be in would the Caribbean. Be in the Caribbean, right? Caribbean, yes. Right. 
But it's a mystery island that you can only find certain times of the year. It's like Monkey Island. Nice. (laughs) Skull Island. Yeah, there you go. Spider Skull Island, if you're Adventure Bros. Spider Skull Monkey Island. Hmm. That's my own invention. There you go. Nice. The small coral atoll of Clipperton Island has been fought over by many different nations for generations. It's 2.3 miles wide with a lagoon in the middle and 580 nautical miles off the coast of Mexico. Yeah. Sweet. And it, it I sent you guys a picture. It kind of looks like a like a ring, you know, when you like you set your drink down. Mm-hmm. It just looks like, like a ring. It, yeah. it just looks like a ring and in the middle there's like a lagoon. It's like more lagoon than island. It is. It's more lagoon than island for cool. sure. Cool. The somewhat freshwater lagoon is only slightly potable. Residents kind of depend on rainwater more so than the lagoon. It's just kind of gross and muddy and nasty. You can just you can drink from coconuts and right. rainwater. There's really no. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rely on the lagoon. There is sparse vegetation. It is covered in orange crabs, and they're poisonous if you eat them. So you don't want to. Oh, eat them. I love me some crab though. Yeah, I know, I know. You don't want to eat these ones. Oh. Give me some dungeons. And mm. like, if you ever see, like, you can look up footage of like what Clipperton Island looks like today, and it's just crawling with these crabs. Sweet. And just there's birds. Everywhere. It's not inhabited, I assume. It's not inhabited. No. It's inhabited by crabs. Yes, yes, Mm. it is. And birds. Lots of birds. Like Tyler's crotch. (laughs) (laughs) This is now the Tyler Roast podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's surrounded by treacherous coral reefs with swarms of sharks around it. (laughs) The island is constantly rocked by tropical storms and hurricanes from the months of May to October. So it's a inhospitable place. A paradise, if you will. (laughs) A paradise. (laughs) Yes. Put up a parking lot. There you go. There you go. So why would the most powerful nations of the earth fight over this speck of land in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? They do? They do. They have been. Can I make a guess? Go for it. Uh, It is a uh, portal into uh, an alternate uh, dimension where... uh, Gold is uh, is grown on trees, so there's gold <laughs> trees everywhere. No. So, like, the, the billionaires of billionaires want to have this portal so that they can be rich for all of eternity. Go. Yeah. Nope, nope. I'm going to choose to believe him over you, okay. Jerry. <laughs> it, they couldn't see me pointing, but I was pointing but, at Zach. Yeah. I believe Zach. There's actually very few palm trees, too, and that's, like, one of the only natural. They have, like, these creeping vines on, like, you know. The okay, ground. so they're gold vines. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, this place sounds scenic as shit. Sounds it's rad. Covered in guano. Ooh, Ooh. talking straight. Delicious. Poopy. Yeah, bat shit. Yeah, well, and bird shit in this oh, case. Oh, okay, all right. And yeah, petrifies. You can use it for fertilizer, mm. or just plain eating. <laughs> I saw Ace Ventura when Nature Falls. <laughs> or for the use in gunpowder. Oh, oh, that's why it's so stinky. Yeah, the island actually reeks of ammonia. When it's not raining, it oh, reeks of ammonia. Cat piss. Yep. Cool. Yep. Guano is uh, high in nitrogen, phosphate, and potassium. So yeah, it makes a great fertilizer, and yeah, it's like key elements in gunpowder. It's like so a banana. It's yeah. <laughs> not quite. It helps your vision, right? <laughs> my, my patented banana gun. <laughs> Shoots bananas? <laughs> yeah, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the generations-long battle to occupy the island for this resource 
alone would ultimately lead, purely by chance, mind you, to a horrid display of human callousness and inhumanity. Cool. Sweet. Now, the tiny island was discovered by Spanish conquistador Alvaro Savadra Cedron. Is that how you pronounce that, Zachary? Uh, We're going to say that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) Okay. Probably fucking that up, but who knows. Yeah, he discovered that on the 15th of November in 1528, and he dubbed it Isla Medanos? Isla. Isla? Isla. You pronounce the S. Yeah, dude. Well, because there was another French pronunciation, and you don't... This guy's Spanish, yeah, this though. Spanish. I know, I realize yeah. that, like, but <laughs> I know more French than Spanish, well, so it confuses me. Well, we're I keeping this all in right now because uh, I know, it's I know. Spanish. I know yeah. from, uh, I like realize the French this. You're going from like Isla Nublar, uh, Jurassic oh, yeah. Park. That's ah. how I know it. Yeah. And Isla, Isla Sno- Sorna? It's the other one. Mm. One from Jurassic Park, uh, two and three. Yeah. Nice. Got the Spinosaurus right? right on there. Yeah. Or Puerto Rico, the Isla de Encanta. Okay. Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, Zach. He can roll his own. Por- Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Gracias. <laughs> it was sort of forgotten about, though, and rediscovered by French mariners in 1711. I love that. Okay, they so this, it. Is, this is why you got confused. I'm sorry for y- Yes, yes. <laughs> and given the name, <laughs> well, give me a second, Ile de la Passion, or Isla de la Passion. I have the Passion. Right? Yeah. Ooh, the we Passion. We all got the Passion. <laughs> island of pa- Passion Island. That's what it is. Oh, I've I mean, seen that reality show. Yeah, right? There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different kinds of passion, and sometimes yeah. it makes you murder people. Mm. Well, towards the end of our podcast, when we are, you know, a little tipsy, we all got the Passion. Mm. That's true. True. Very yeah. true. Booze gives me the Passion. Yeah. And, and the Gassion. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. But uh, just already based off of the description of what the island is looking like, literally like a, a gaping hole. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. totally Passion Island. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. A wet what? gaping hole. Jesus yeah. Oh, yeah. Christ. That's great. <laughs> but it was a hot-headed privateer that gave the island the name we know it as today, John Clipperton. And privateer is just kind of a fancy word for pirate. Cool. Uh, he it, privateer basically means pirate hired by like a, a legit nation, right? It's like yeah, back in the day they'd be like you know Spain would be like attack France ships or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, whoever they were against at the time. Yeah, John Clipperton was hired by the British to attack Spanish ships. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like a like a mercenary, basically. yeah, like, like a mercenary, mercenary pirate. But yep, like, yep. would you maybe be able to equate it to like a? a Fuck what? What is it? Uh, the, well, like the, private contractors, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think um, a lot of the well. I mean, a lot of the well-known pirates were working for some queen or something. Yep, you know, yep. how big was his sword if he was a mercenary? <laughs> Cloud size. Okay. He carried a scythe. Uh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, he's patrolling the uh, South Pacific near South America, looking for Spanish ships to loot and destroy for the war effort. But France formally laid claim to the island in 1858, although they never actually landed on the island. They just drove around it while writing the piece of paper saying it was theirs. Nice. <laughs> so lazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, like, they fired a gun, and they're, they're like, like, do we really need to step you know? on it? Like, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> what difference nope. does that make? Well, there, there's no one around. It's ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Dibs. Well, and the thing is, is like the piece of paper they wrote it on, he, like he folded it up, put it in his pocket, and then like they went like all over the world mm. after that. So no one knew that it was Francis. <laughs> he didn't tweet it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one. No one was really aware. There was Francis. There was a, like small articles in certain newspapers in certain areas of the world that were like, France has a new island. But no one really knew about it. Right. You know? I feel like if I read that article, I would would not care. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. I would like glaze over. Right. <laughs> it was probably like in the back. It was like a small, teeny, tiny article. Yeah. It's like right next to the obituaries. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or like classified section. <laughs> you know, legal notices. Nobody ever reads those. <laughs> So, yeah, because no one knew about it, the United States and Mexico also laid claims on it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I saw coming. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The United States passed the Guano Islands Act of 1856 that basically said the U.S. could occupy any guano-rich island that wasn't claimed or inhabited by anyone else. They didn't make an amendment for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> Yeah, this is like after Mexico laid claim on it. They're like, well, we can do it if you're not there. Or we're unaware that you do have a claim on it. But like now there's all these people like, wait a minute, it's mine. No, it's mine. And like Mexico, they were like, once we got independence, we got all of Spain's land. So that that's ours. That's Spain's. France is like, it's not Spain's. It's ours. <laughs> and, I'm, and the U.S. is like, whoa, we'll just take a private company up there and we'll do whatever the fuck we want. And so are the British, too. Right. <laughs> so since France claim, France's claim was obscure at best, the race to get to the Guano Island was on. And no one seemed to care whose island it really was. They just wanted that money from I'm, that guano. I'm picturing a, yeah. picturing a wacky races style scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like rat race, you yeah, know. Yeah. Fucking yakety sax is playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, almost every attempt to occupy and mine the guano on the island resulted in failure. Killer birds. Mm. Well, it's expensive. But a Kill group, those birds. Yeah, <laughs> a group of ambitious Americans in the late 1890s convinced investors in San Francisco that millions could be made from the guano deposits on Clipperton Island. So, yeah, all these people gave them a bunch of money to go down there and get it, because they were like, we could make... At least $50 million on these guano deposits. Cool. Is guano still sought after to this level today? Not to this level. Okay. No. It's still be used for fertilizer and whatnot, but it's not nearly the 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 money-making thing it used to be because you can't make... We don't really make bullets out of it anymore. Hmm. I mean, I suppose you could, but... So they all went down there. This, this group, this private company, invested in them, and they went down there, and they set up a small community to mine it and and take it back. However, because the guano on the island turned out to be of a lower grade... Fuck! It's that shitty shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and any sort of settlement on Clipperton Island relied heavily on frequent supply ships. It was extremely expensive to maintain and ultimately not worth the trouble. I need, I need all that good shit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, just they couldn't afford to, like, pay the people that were there. They couldn't afford to, like, pay for any of their overhead. It just instantly turned into a disaster because of just how they how often they needed resupply ships. Oh, sure. You know, all the time down there. There's, you, you know, you can't... There's no food. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's nothing to eat, really. Guano. <laughs> there's fish, and there's 
a few coconut trees. And the sharks. <laughs> I could totally fuck with some fish. I'd, sure. I'd, I'd, I'd hang out on Stinky Island and just sit there fishing the entire time. Get some of that mahi mahi. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, now you're All talking you need to be level. full is the passion. Nice. <laughs> So the British even tried to occupy it as well, building permanent structures, houses, and even like a garden so they could actually grow some food to eat, you know, for the small group of people that they had there. But it didn't really go well either. And, you know, the Mexican government was actually okay with the British being there, and they wanted to reassert their claim on Clipperton Island. So in the early 20th century, President of Mexico... Our old buddy Porfirio Diaz. Oh, God. Reasserted Mexico's claim on Clipperton Island and established a colony there. Now, yeah, as I said earlier, uh, Mexico believed that their claim came from their inherited lands from when they got independence from Spain. And to annex Clipperton, they would send a colony of over 100 people to inhabit and mine the island for guano, because they were still interested in the guano. Were the, uh, were, were the Americans on the island like, ah, these Mexicans are coming in and taking my job? <laughs> there were still a few Americans there when they came over. I wonder if there was a thing like that. So the British and Americans, yeah, they, they had a garden, they planted more palm trees, you know, they built the houses and everything to make it livable, but it, it didn't make island life easy. Like, mm-hmm. island life is rough business, you know what I mean? When these storms come through, they're not kidding around. Yeah. So it's safe to say that they weren't parrot heads. <laughs> they're, they're not all about they that. Weren't, this wasn't exactly the Jimmy Buffett lifestyle, no. <laughs> Other than them wasting away. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, indeed. Wasting away again. In Poopyville. That's the end. In- <laughs> Wasting away again on Clipperton Island. Yeah. <laughs> to your death. And more housing was built by the Mexican military as well as a lighthouse. Oh. On there, there's, so there's like a, they called it like Clipperton Rock. And there's like a rock at the head of the island. And they built it. That's where they built the lighthouse. There's on, on this rock. Now, the man tasked with governing Clipperton's inhabitants under the Mexican flag was named Ramon Arnaud. And Arnaud was born in Orizaba, Veracruz, where he enlisted in the army. Now, many attribute this decision to join the army to his friendship with General Bernardo Reyes's son. Oh, look at that. Yeah. It's like a tie-in episode. It is, it is. However, Arnaud, uh, like, instantly deserted his post. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I don't blame him. You know yeah. what? Hard yeah. pass. Yeah. <laughs> he had bone spurs. What? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it led to his arrest and imprisonment that lasted five and a half months. He was demoted and assigned... A, uh, he was assigned a string of, like, the worst military posts that they had available mm-hmm. as, like, a punishment. Yeah. He, he was the guy that wiped down the loads, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Swabbing the poop deck. Yeah. yeah. Swabbing the load deck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's covered with loads. <laughs> Download complete. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> His governorship over Clipperton was just another of one of these punishments in Arnaud's eyes. He's like, ah, desolate island, you know, mining mm-hmm. bird shit. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, this makes sense. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's the leader of shit island. Yeah. <laughs> he actually he actually turned it down. He was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, a, a commanding officer, a colonel that he served under, told him, hey, Porfirio Diaz picked you personally, buddy. So you better go. And Sounds he's like, like fuck you. Yeah, well, and he goes, well, if Porfirio Diaz chose me personally, yeah. I better go. He's like, you know who deserves shit island? <laughs> yeah. Arnaud, he, he spoke English, Spanish, and French, which would make his governorship over Clipperton much more easy. You know, because a lot of people that were working there, uh, trying to get the guano out, like, they came from all over the place. There was Italians and Chinese. There were French and, you know, Americans. There was a bunch of people there from all over the place. Crazy. Yeah, trying to get it out. So he took the assignment, and he took it very seriously because he wasn't going to go back to prison (laughs) for, you know, deserting another post. Tired of wiping down loads. (laughs) (laughs) So Ramon Arnaud moved to Clipperton with his wife, Alicia Arnaud, in 1906, along with a small garrison of Mexican troops, guano miners from all over the place, and their families to settle the island. Although they were at the complete mercy of supply ships, the island thrived for a short time, even building a small railroad. Ramon and Alicia, like many other couples in the early years of the settlement, Welcome their first child while on Clipperton, a boy named Ramon Jr. Ah, oh, sweet baby Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And supply ships, as, as the kind of time drew on, started to grow more and more infrequent, which made the residents of the island increasingly anxious. What they didn't know is that Porfirio Diaz had been in talks with France to hand the island back over to them for reasons become clear later. <laughs> yeah. Mexican Revolution. Yeah. This is 1906. Listen, it started to hit the fan, you know. If you're curious about what he's talking about, listen to our Mexican Revolution yeah. episodes. They're very good. We did them early on. and um, Well, and why would, why would Porfirio Diaz want to give Clipperton back to France when they wanted it so bad? Where is he going when he leaves? Oh, yeah. He's going to France. That's yeah, right. Fucking right he, off. And when he gets to France, he wants to know that the French are going to treat him okay. Right. Because, let's face it, Porfirio Diaz, he went to war with the French. Yeah. <laughs> you know, several times. So it's, it's a bit of a Trump-Putin situation there. <laughs> yeah. Big when Trump time. says that he needs to leave the country if he's not elected. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? Either Russia or Saudi Arabia. Russia's got more white people, so he's going to lean that way. True. It's true. So supply ships that did come, you know, they came with word, you know, and they warned the governor, Arnaud, of the situation that was transpiring in Mexico and how alarming it was becoming. They're like, hey, dude, uh, shit's starting to pop off in Mexico. You might, like, you might want to get out of here. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to d- desert my post. It's going to be fine. You know. I'm not going to desert my post again. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> that so, was last time. Yeah, and, and they were like... Okay, man. You know, and then they, they left, and Arnaud remained steadfast. However, he did return briefly to Mexico City to negotiate more supply ships. He's like, we need more supply ships, and the fact that these are coming more and more infrequent, that's a problem, you know? Mm. And Arnaud was actually trapped in the city during the ten tragic days. Oh, really? In which several mm. revolutionary forces were fighting for control over Mexico. 
this the ten tragic days. This is when Madero was captured and brutally shot in the alley. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know what this reminds me of, like Arnaud in Mexico City as this is hitting the fan. It reminds me of that scene in Apocalypse Now where they're at that bridge that keeps getting blown up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he's like going through and like he asks that guy like, "Who's your commanding officer?" And he goes, "Ain't it you?" <laughs> you know, like I I imagine Arnaud like, "What am I doing?" You know, everything's mm-hmm. exploding and like he the only person he can find that has any sort of control or anything. Victoriano Huerta. <laughs> oh, yeah. The man that would take control over Mexico. Right, now. right. Considering, you know, Arnaud's a military man, but he doesn't really have any loyalties. Like, this is not really his fight. Mm-hmm. He's been away during all of this stuff. He doesn't have any idea what's going on. He's a regular country. Armentrout. He's, yeah. he's just a coward. <laughs> he, he had never heard of Madero. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he had never heard of Huerta. You know, you know what I mean? So, like, he asked Huerta, like, hey... I don't know what's going on here, but I need more supply ships. Can you hook me up? And Huerta agreed. So Arnaud went back to Clipperton. Like, that's done. All right, I got I got supply ships figured out. But the ships, however, stopped coming mm. altogether. And everybody, you know, when he left, everybody... And, and it was sort of a good thing for Arnaud at the time, but everyone recognized that as he left, it's like, oh... There goes one of Puerta's men mm-hmm. back to Clipperton. Everyone would remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in 1914, a shipwrecked American vessel was stranded on the island. And when a, another rescuing American vessel came to pick up the castaways, they had unfortunate news for the residents of the island. Supply ships wouldn't just be coming anytime soon. They wouldn't be coming at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They were like, you're not getting another supply ship, pal. Oh, dear. No one's coming. There is a revolution in Mexico right now. Huerta's not doing well. No one else knows that you're here. No one has made arrangements <laughs> to make supply ships over here. In fact, the last supply ship that you were supposed to see was sunk by revolutionary forces <laughs> in the port of Acapulco. <laughs> Fuck! And, and they're like, on top of this, World War One just started, buddy. <laughs> So the Americans don't give a fuck about you. He's like, wait the a British minute. British don't care about you. World War One? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the French certainly don't care about you. Everyone has forgotten about you. Everyone has bigger fish to fry than Little Clipperton Island here. You're not getting supplies, maybe ever. And that's nuts. Yeah. Can and you like, imagine just being stuck on that island, having no idea what's going on in the world, then finding out not only is your country in the middle of a civil war. The entire planet is in an even bigger war. Yeah. The entire world's on fire. <laughs> the whole like, world so is on fire. The entire world is bigger fish to fry us to worry about you fucking surviving here no on Clipperton Island. Yeah, no one's coming to save you. It's just one stinky ring inside of one, another stinky ring inside yeah. of another big stinky ring. Yeah. And Stink ring is inception. <laughs> Stinkception. Stinkception. <laughs> and so they took like the remaining Americans and anyone else that wanted to go... And they're like, sure, you know, Arnaud, you, you don't want to take you and your family and literally everyone else, uh, like, we'll take you. And he was like, no, 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 it'll be okay, it'll be okay. It's like, it, how bad could it be? Yeah, <laughs> he was being right. optimistic. He had no idea yeah. of, of the gravity of all of this stuff. It's like, ah, they're in a small skirmish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poncho who? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
So the supplies on the island would last them another five months. And considering they had a garden and houses, it should be fine. And surely someone wouldn't forget about them. You know, somebody would remember that they were there and send for supplies. They'd have to be, you have to be alive to remember. Yeah. yeah that's a big thing to be banking on. It, it is. And uh, I honestly, man, boy, if I was Arnaud, I would have got the fuck out of there. <laughs> like, the fact that he stayed is like, dude, Well, okay. do you think that, like, you have the, the, the benefit of, you know, hindsight and history... To understand, whereas he was like on an true. island, being like the whole world on, at war. Ah, no, it couldn't be that bad. And he's also supposed to be like the leader. And he's the second. It, he got in trouble for leaving last yeah, time, exactly. so he's probably like, this "Little war is not gonna. I'm not going to prison just because little war stuff and supply ships. It'll be fine. I don't want to leave the island yeah. of Passione. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's lousy with the Passione. <laughs> yeah, when the ship actually did arrive in Acapulco, they asked if someone, anyone could send relief supplies to the beleaguered colonists on Clipperton Island. But no one wanted to send supplies to a supporter of the traitor Victoriano Huerta. <laughs> <laughs> so like, fuck that. <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. So no one wanted, yeah, no one wanted to do that. The colonists on Clipperton didn't know about any of this. No idea. Jesus. And as the food started to run out and the garden failed due to poor soil... All eyes became woefully glued to the horizon. Oh, somebody's gonna come. It's fine. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. It's fine. Somebody will somebody will save us. Christ. Yeah. Soon all they had to subsist on was fish, birds, and the occasional coconut. Mm. So you say that like it's a bad thing. Again, <laughs> that sounds amazing. It sounds like a tiki bar. I love birds. Eating them. These are seabirds. Oh, be, you don't kill seabirds. Yeah. It would be like uh, a real gross chicken. Ooh. Real yeah. gross chicken. I eat chicken. real gross chicken Small all the time. Small gross chickens. And coconuts, you know, this is an island that's more water than land. And the palm trees, there's a handful of them. And they only produce so many coconuts so fast, right? Sure, yeah. So... You don't have very many coconuts. That's the thing. I don't give a shit about the coconuts. It's all about that fish. Uh, you, you make yourself a little ceviche, a little, a little sushi, a little, a little something. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the oh, thing yeah. is, oh, well, yeah. the thing oh. is about this diet though, is it doesn't have any vitamin C in it. Oh, that's how you get scurvy. Yeah. You know what? The whole problem is, um, it's bad luck to kill a seabird. It is. Uh, you learn that from a movie. Yeah, The Lighthouse, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a great movie. It's a dope-ass movie. I've seen you sparring with the gull. <laughs> Still haven't seen it. Oh, so God. Me neither. I'm not getting spoilers, but that's more for the audience's sake yeah. than you assholes. <laughs> so, yeah, consequently, the men contracted scurvy from lack of vitamin C because they were letting the women and children, which there was a fairly large population of women and children, they were letting them have the coconuts which had the vitamin c sure so they all got scurvy before anyone else did and they just started dropping like flies yeah now early symptoms of scurvy include muscle pain and weakness which develops into joint and bone pain mm -hmm. with shortness of breath guys i think i have scurvy <laughs> <laughs> or covid yeah <laughs> gums start to break out into sores and bleed uh, loosening teeth, uh, which sometimes makes your makes your teeth fall yeah. out. 
Yep, all that. Yeah. I got it. Uh, the, <laughs> the skin turns rough and is easily bruised, and the body loses the power to heal itself. Oh, no. The body starts to dry out, uh, starting with the mouth and eyes, and unchecked, John disoccurs, swelling from fluid building up inside the skin and around vital organs, fever, and convulsions. The brain and spinal column are affected, causing delusions. Death occurs when the body hemorrhages, and the victim bleeds to death inside their own skin. Fuck, that is... It's gnarly. Whoa. Yeah. What a way to go. Whoa. Brutal. Yeah. I, I wonder brutal. if Carcass wrote a song about having scurvy, because <laughs> holy shit, that yeah. is... Woof. Super metal. I right? love it. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, I don't want it, but that's such a and cool depiction. I wouldn't mind my enemies getting it. Right? Yeah. Well, and with no vitamin C, you helplessly watch as somebody just dies from it. You know As what I mean? we go on. <laughs> How does Donald Trump not have scurvy? Like, there's no way that guy eats fruit. <laughs> True. Is there vitamin C in McDonald's? There might be. Well, he is a giant orange man. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he produces his own vitamins. He is what he eats. He gets the orange applied to him through his skin. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it absorbs. He's a, he's a roach. Mm. Yeah. He big, can't. Big alien roach man. Yeah. He yeah. can survive this. a nuclear winter. <laughs> or summer. Or summer. <laughs> the sunny days of, of the nuclear, nuclear summer. summer. <laughs> <laughs> on here on Passione Island. <laughs> it's very fallout. Yeah, it is. It is. For the colonists on Clipperton, there was nothing to be done for these unfortunate souls, and their bodies had to be buried in shallow graves where they were constantly being dug up and eaten by the crabs. That's so metal. It's the second recent story where people who were <sighs> buried in Shallow graves and dug up by animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't that happen to Amelia Earhart? Possibly. I, th I think there's oh, a theory out there that that she was, she was eaten, eaten by, by crabs. crabs. Well, if, crabs, man. What a way to go. Yeah. Though you'd probably die and then get eaten by crabs. Yeah, yeah. You'd already be dead, but Hopefully. body eaten by crabs. Could you imagine being eaten by crabs while still alive? <sighs> be fucking. That'd be. You'd have to be pretty ass crabs. You have to be pretty incapacitated. What if the crabs are really big? Like coconut crabs. a pretty crabs. good sized cra crab. I'm talking like. A giant crab, like you're thinking of, like a Dark Souls crab, like one of those sure. giganto super boss crabs. I'm talking about one like Attack in the City, you know? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like a, crab a Godzilla style, Crabzilla, yeah. Crabzilla. I got. Isn't there a movie where a giant crab does attack a city? Uh, you know what I'm thinking of? Yeah, was probably back some in the day, 1950s Z film or something. There was yeah. an Onion uh, video <laughs> where it was pundits talking about this great. Uh, giant marvelous crab that this like <laughs> evil like mad scientist made and all the pundits are talking about how great the crab is <laughs> it's so good that feels it's right it's from like 12 years ago yeah <laughs> so by 1915 three years after the last supply ship only 26 remained mostly women and children the situation on the island was getting desperate and according to Altagracia Quiroz. Did I say that right? Yep. Quiroz's diary. She was one of the female survivors on the island. Uh, she was 20 years old. Uh, she wrote on August 5th, 1915, that giant storm clouds started to form in the distance. And Ramon Arnaud became convinced that he saw a ship on the horizon. So they had to do something. Now, whether or not this was true cannot really be known. Because... Mm -hmm. uh, from what I gather, no one else saw the ship, but he was convinced that he saw a ship. He probably had scurvy and was hallucinating. He was hallucinating. He, right. he, it, 
And I think the rest of the men, the, the last of the men that were there, also did. Mm. And they were also delusional. Mm. And with this giant storm forming on the horizon, I think it just put him under a lot of pressure. And I think it, it was just a boiling point. So he gathered the, the last of the men together in their small boat, their only boat. It was like a small whaler boat. And they decided that they were going to make a desperate dash to the distant ship to be rescued. Now, from the beach, the women watched the men launch the boat into the surf. And what little hope they possessed was dashed, however, as they watched in horror and disbelief, as there seemed to be some sort of struggle aboard the small boat. Mm. They couldn't tell exactly what was happening, if a fight broke out, or if the boat was taking on water, they couldn't say, but the boat capsized, and all of the men drowned. I'd like to think that it was just a fight. It could have been a fight. Like, because like, how dare you say that, say that about my mother? And they start just clocking each other, and then mm-hmm. they end up all drowning and dying. They all died, yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Boosh. Yeah, it's yeah. super shitty. But they didn't have time to mourn, however, because that storm was a hurricane, and uh, it began to pummel the island. And the women and children had to gather in the basement of one of the houses where a very pregnant Alicia Arnaud went into labor. That very evening, during the hurricane. So basically, they should have been listening to the scorpions because she was about to get rocked like a hurricane. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I just think that's nuts. Like, storm is coming, all the men die. Oh yeah, it's completely fucked. And, and you now, see this hurricane coming. The hurricane's coming. You. Like, now you go into labor. Did this day get any worse? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> she gave birth to a baby boy oh. and named him Anyol. Angel is how... Angel. 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 Okay, fair enough. When the storm was finally over, the women emerged from the basement to see the entire island destroyed. Their homes, everything was gone. There was one small, brief ray of hope, though. A man walking through the rubble. Batman. Oh. <laughs> yes, Batman. So the man's name was Victoriano Alvarez, and he had been the reclusive lighthouse keeper the whole time. The whole time he had been there. And people Fuck. like forgot he was there. He's just like the last man standing. He was the last dude there. And like whatever he did for food or whatever, I have no idea. Like this dude somehow made it. He got you an know. immunity to those crabs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's been eating those crabs. He's eating all that lobster. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Big city living up in his high tower right yeah. there. This is a lighthouse reference. Lighthouse reference. <laughs> oh, okay, excuse me. Uh, this is like Crusader Kings. It is. Lately. <laughs> now, by all accounts, he was a large, imposing man. And he was described by people that knew him before his lighthouse assignment post as a mentally unstable and antisocial man. Wow. I'm, I'm picturing him played by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I'm, I was actually picturing know, just him <laughs> being played by, like... Javier uh, Bardem. Or, or like, uh, maybe Javier Bardem. Like a big dude, you know what I mean? That, that has, like, empty eyes and, like... Danny he, he's he's yeah. clearly <laughs> he's clearly mentally disturbed because he's been alone and isolated right. as a lighthouse keeper and like 
lighthouse keepers are well known to have like gone mad. Oh yeah, it's like a in, main, in that isolation. It's their main thing. Yeah. There's a whole movie about it. Yeah, it's dope. So after the storm, he came down from his sanctuary at the lighthouse and immediately started picking up everything that had been left behind, including the guns and ammunition. Oh. And as he clutched one gun for himself and tossed the rest in the, into the lagoon... This is my island now. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. It became hopelessly clear to the survivors that Alvarez wasn't there to help him. <laughs> he approached the women and children with his gun and declared himself king of Clipperton Island. Oh, God. <laughs> and that the women were going to do exactly as he said or else. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Now, now around here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys, I'm going to give you a trigger warning, okay? This... It, this when, story when becomes you, fucked up at this point. When you told me that he wants the woman to do whatever he asks, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's fucked. Mm. It does not make me happy. No. Because all that's left is women and children and him. And him. Right? This big dude with a gun. Mm-hmm. So brandishing the rifle, he demanded that a mother and her daughter come with him to the lighthouse. Oh, no. When they refused, he raped them and shot them both oh. in front of everyone. Jesus Christ. This guy is the worst. Oh, yeah. He'd probably been losing his mind in that lighthouse for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Now, what followed was an ordeal lasting over two years. Oh, no. There was a living nightmare for the survivors. Alvarez would take one woman to the lighthouse where he would beat and rape them until he grew bored and demanded another. Jesus. So he, he like, rotated through three of them. Oh, my God. There was, like, two 20-year-old girls and a 13-year-old that he kind of rotated through. Fuck. Regular Epstein. Ugh. Yeah. He confiscated their food. Uh, he threatened to kill them and or their children. Like, he would grab their children and, like, hold a gun to their head and be like, I'll kill them right now. You know what I mean? Wow. He was completely unhinged. Jesus. Alvarez mentally, emotionally, and physically abused all of them, viciously berating and beating and raping them at gunpoint. He called it, quote, disciplining his slaves. Jesus and fuck. One 20-year-old woman, however, named Terza Rendon brazenly resisted. Any chance she got, she hurled insults at Alvarez, mocking his mannerisms, spitting in his face, and constantly telling him how much she despised him. She even told him to his face that one day she was going to take pleasure in killing him. I would have to think that he would assume they felt that way. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, he's totally. like, oh, I thought well, you liked me. Well, I'm surprised he didn't kill her. Well, well, well. Alvarez directed much of his ire on Terza, beating and berating her more than anyone else. He told her that if no risk that well, he told her that no rescue ships were coming. And if on the off chance that one did come, he would kill her first and then everyone else so that no one could tell anybody 
about his horrific crimes on the island. Except, Jesus except fucking Christ. The people that would arrive would show up and see one guy and all, all these, these corpses covered in bullet wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> exactly. The storm. Yeah. Must yeah. have taken, flown, some bullets must yeah. have gotten caught yeah. in the Sto- hurricane winds. Hurricane hit a bullet factory and it just, it went real bad from there. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nothing to see here. As you can see, the bullet factory is completely gone. It's now. gone now. <laughs> Nothing remains of the bullet factory. There's guano. You yeah. couldn't see where I made the bullets out of. Yeah. <laughs> and the women talked about killing this maniac often. They just need to find the right time. So on July 16th, 1917, Alvarez was in an uncharacteristic good mood, smiling and teasing the children. I like that him, I'm gonna kill ya. Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty much like pushing him and like him teasing like the kids is him in a good mood. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That is that is classic psychopath behavior. Oh, yeah. it's like he knows what he's doing is wrong. Well, it's like it's that kind of thing where it's like they do something really fucked up, and they're just like, ah, oh, it's joking, right? Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? We can be we can be cool today though. Yeah, you know, like when somebody captures people and like and holds them hostage or whatever, in their basement or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's right. kind of like that. So maybe he had let his guard down, is what, they, is what they thought. He was outside his hut, below the lighthouse that was above, and he was cooking a bird that he had caught over a fire when he sent for Alicia Arnaud to be his new twisted plaything. Yeah. So a plan was hatched. Terza and the now seven-year-old Ramon Jr. would go with Alicia to the hut. What they would do, their plan was, is they would they would start a diversion, and one of them would sneak inside the hut and try to grab Alvarez's gun, taking the enormous risk of whether or not it was loaded or not. But they had to do something. So as they approached, Alvarez became enraged that Alicia didn't come alone. And he started screaming and berating Alicia while... Terza slipped into the hut. She didn't see the gun, and she was fueled with just pure adrenaline at this point, so she picked up a small sledgehammer. Oh, fuck yeah! (laughs) She approached Alvarez from behind and bashed him over the head with the hammer. I'm imagining, like, there... There was like a Pulp Fiction style. She sees a katana, and she sets that down, (laughs) picks up, like, AK-47. No. Yeah. Sledgehammer. Yeah. This ought to do it. Yeah. Uh, she didn't stop there, though. Uh, she crushed his head into a pulp and beat him Jesus. over and over and over Ugh. again, even producing a knife at one point and stabbing and slashing at him, shaking with rage. Jesus. Several others had to pull her off of him. Yeah, he, the the dude was totally cut to ribbons and bashed into oblivion. Yeah, he was, he was done, though. He was yeah. a paste yeah, of, it's a, like, of a human. Um, in Sin City, when he's like... He's, he's punching the yellow dude in the face, and he's yeah, like, yeah. he goes, like, I get to a point where I'm just mashing wet pieces of bone into the flo- floorboard, yeah. so yeah, I stop. Into like concrete or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Alvarez had mistaken them for weak, helpless women when they were actually survivors doing everything they could to stay alive. And in a strange twist of fate, moments, minutes after Alvarez was dead, a ship was spotted on the horizon. What? Whoa. That's supernatural. Right? Isn't that insane? Uh, little Ramon Jr. was like, there's a ship. Like, as they're, like, covered in blood. <laughs> and, like, they're like, if this would have happened an hour beforehand or 
few minutes beforehand and Alvarez had seen that ship, they'd probably all be dead. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. It was good that they decided to do it it's now. Jesus the weird Christ. Th- one th- weird thing about this story is that everything goes wrong at the exact same moment. You mm-hmm. know? Like, the timing of these things seems... It's, it's absolutely The island insane. is sentient. That's what yeah. I'm <laughs> Yeah. Much like huh. the molasses was. Right, like lost. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lost island. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's a smoke monster on it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a U.S. Navy gunship, the Yorktown, that was patrolling the area looking for German U-boats. When they spotted the island, they saw women and children right waving and jumping around. So they were like, what the fuck? So they had to stop, you know? The uh, fuck? <laughs> yeah. To the survivors, it must have been a roller coaster of emotion because they sent out like a small whaler to co- come and get them, but it was unsafe for them to land, so they had to turn back and go back. Oh, and God. Like, and they, were, they must have been like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And they, they, they actually wondered aloud to each other, like, okay. Should we just shoot each other? You know what I mean? Like, honestly. Do we just end this right now? Do we just end this fucking nightmare now? But they came back, luckily. And all that really remained when they were picked up were four women and seven children. That's all that was left. The crew of the Yorktown noticed that the survivors insisted on leaving immediately and that the children were small for their age and totally malnourished. And little Anhel Anhel was suffering from rickets. And he actually couldn't walk. He actually had to be carried on oh, the, the boat. And when they boarded the boat, they recounted their story of the, the story to the ship's captain, Harlan Page Peril. They told him about the supply ships and the scurvy and the failed attempt at getting rescued, you know, and the storm and everything. And when asked about the fate of the lighthouse keeper... They said he had died that very day, too, of scurvy. <laughs> Blood scurvy. <laughs> now, Lieutenant Kerr of, of the Yorktown was tasked with scouting the island and knew that they had to take a look at the lighthouse at some point. Now, what they found was the smashed cor- corpse of Alvarez, and the crabs had already started picking at his body. <laughs> It didn't take Columbo to figure out that nice. this guy didn't die from scurvy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like they brought Columbo back. Oh, yeah. There's a recent episode. Where we're, <laughs> yeah, we're talking, talking about Columbo. Peter Falk. Yeah, Peter Falk. So when Lieutenant Kerr got back to the Yorktown and he gave his report to the captain, the women were asked about what they had found. And they broke down and they told uh, Captain Pearl about everything and how they were treated and what had been done to them. Captain Perel, I mean, he was he was uh, sympathetic to their cause. Sure, uh, I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and risking an international incident and court martial for not reporting a murder, no matter what happened, he swore his men to secrecy, and he accepted that the lighthouse keeper died from scurvy, and he took him back to Acapulco, leaving Alvarez's body to the crabs. That's a good guy. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that was, that was the right thing to do. Yeah. It was, yeah. And I think th- those women seeing some kindness was long overdue for them. My goodness, yes. Yeah, considering his name is pretty much Captain Peril, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's good that he didn't mm-hmm. put them in it. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a picture of the survivors on the Yorktown, like right after they're rescued, and they the looks on their faces are insanely haunting. You can just tell from looking at them that they've been through 
objective hell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just the worst of the worst. Now, weirdly enough, just as they entered the port in Acapulco, Alicia's father, Felix Rivera, was on a different ship that was also coming into the port. Now, what he had done is he had desperately tried to find any information on the whereabouts of his daughter from the Mexican authorities, but he was told that everyone at Clipperton Island had died and that there had been no survivors. What a weird coincidence. Yeah, it's an insane a coincidence. Lot of that here. He was overjoyed to see his daughter alive and told Captain Perel that he had never regretted not knowing English more so than in this moment <laughs> because he wanted to tell him in his own language just how thankful he was. Yeah, I wow. bet. It was then that Captain Perel learned how old Alicia actually was. She wasn't in her 40s, as you had guessed. She was 29. Oh, Fuck! wow. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That was very... That was fucking awful, what she went through. Yeah. That's so sad. Later in life, Alicia found it necessary to tell her story to a Mexican military officer, as rumors of the story, however embellished, began to surface. It began to be passed from person to person and throughout Mexico, becoming one of Mexico's most enduring legends. Now, no one since has tried to settle Clipperton Island permanently... Now, there were a couple of castaways, one man even spending 26 days there before a rescue. And there are adventure seekers that have stayed there for short times, but it still remains uninhabited. A skeleton of a shipwreck and destroyed machinery still haunts its beaches to this day. And 70-year-old Ramon Arnaud Jr. revisited the island with the famous ocean explorer Jacques Cousteau hey, look at in that. 1980 to visit his you know, place of birth, despite all the horrid things that had happened there. And since Francis regained control of the island, even though their claim is still hotly debated to this day, and the lighthouse is no longer there. Only its chilling memory remains. Jesus wow. fuck. That That's is fucked. insane, right? Okay, so those pictures that, that, that we posted of the blackout image yeah, yeah that's fucking duder so yeah so one of them had a camera and she took a bunch of pictures and there's pictures of alvarez hmm. and all the pictures of alvarez he has been colored over mm-hmm. you know with right. what looks like a magic marker but i don't know if they had a magic marker but yeah it looks like he, he's been covered over his well, face they even got his hands out. And his hands as well. Like any of his skin, they just... Yeah, they colored over. So he looks like like a walking scribble. Like a like void man or something. It, yeah, yeah, it is... It's really weird. One of the most haunting things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's fucking... I mean? It's absolutely crazy. Knowing what this man did, wow. Yeah, yeah that, that is a perfect well, depiction of this fucked up well, and man. If you, if you look at the pictures, too, it makes it so much worse because there's one where he is grabbing one of the women, like around like around her as his arms around her with his with her back to him and her face is not okay with this right clearly uh there's a picture of him holding one of the children mm-hmm. it is uh, it, it it just gives me the heebie-jeebies mm. looking at these pictures you know what i mean there is one picture that is not blacked out that is supposedly alvarez the one uh, yeah with the ladders yeah but yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of impossible to know. He, he just absolutely insane. Jesus. Yeah. That's so fucked. There's there's pictures of them like 
in the beach, like on the beach walking with the children because Alicia really tried to keep everyone's spirits high, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the darkest well, of times. that must have been hard. <laughs> it must have been insanely difficult. There's, yeah, there's so many pictures, actually. Altagracia Quiroz, she was the one taking all of the, the, all of the pictures. Uh, she was the one with the camera. There's actually a, a photo of her that's a self-portrait of her, like, holding this box camera that she had with her. Wow. It, it just absolutely haunting. Absolutely haunting. And actually, after all of this went down, and it was still, like, really contested, you know, for some reason, they would use Italy always as an arbiter Mm -hmm. to, like, a a go-between from, like, the people that were fighting over this island. And the first time they did it, it was, like, the king of Italy that decided that it was France's. And then the second time they they used Italy as an arbiter, it was Benito Mussolini. And they, he also said it was Francis, hmm. <laughs> oddly enough. That Jeez. is weird. FDR actually loved fishing off of the coast of Clipperton Island. He went there fishing a few times. Wow. That's where all the good eats yeah. are at. And uh, him and Churchill wanted to build an airbase there or build some sort of encampment there. But they got eaten by crabs. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's how Churchill they were, died. <laughs> <laughs> they were somewhat successful, but, but it really pissed Charles de Gaulle off. You know, in France, mm-hmm. it really pissed them off that they were just taking it. Right. <laughs> and they were just like, shut up, dude. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's weird how it's gone, you know, from hands to hands, you know, and certain people have claimed it over the years. And, yeah, Mexico still thinks it's theirs. And I, I think it's Mexico's. Honestly, if you were to ask me, the only reason why Porfirio Diaz wanted to give it up is because he was trying to save his own skin. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah otherwise, yeah. he was actually kind of acting correctly and asserting the, you know, Mexican claim on Clipperton. Right. But, yeah, only handed it back to France. Yeah, I don't have a lot of positive opinions of that guy. No, no, nor do I. Nor do I. So, yeah, Clipperton Island, pure insanity. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Clippy dippy. So we are, again, the History Boys. Thank you so much for listening. I am Christopher Whedon. Uh, I'm Zach Mack. And uh, I am guest host Andrew Stevens. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Stevens Writes. That's Stevens with a V, Writes with a W. Not talking about his rights. Uh, correct. Nice. It's like Second Amendment rights. <laughs> it is not that. He's a big fan <laughs> it's of the, the right sec- things. <laughs> he writes about how important the Second Amendment is to him. He writes and, rights. Uh, I write I, new amendments that I think should be in the system, and uh, I explain why those those amendments. Aren't aren't in the Constitution? I don't do that. I don't I'm just saying things. I write some stuff. Read yeah. read the things I write. Just read them. Just yeah, read them. Just read them. Again, I'm Jerry Nash, History Boy. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I really hope you're enjoying this uh, spooky season we have going for you. We're definitely having a lot of fun with it. Uh, we got one more coming for you. This one will have Mr. Armitrout on it, unless Andrew says something about it first. <laughs> yeah, unless he murders. Uh, Tyler, I'm show. I'm going to execute Tyler. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a Highlander situation at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. Um, only be one. I can't. I've been talking a lot of shit about Tyler, and I can't <laughs> wait to have him back so I can talk shit about Andrew. Yeah. And, and talk shit about Tyler to his face. That's usually what I do. Yeah. Right. I'll imagine show. you miss it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, um, I've said these things to Tyler, is what I'm saying. As we all do. Yeah, and I want to encourage you to. You know, like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and 
follow us on Instagram and whatnot, you know, so you can see what we're doing. We can see what you're doing, and you can interact with us. We want to see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I want to see what you've done. Don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, flush those toilets. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you want to drop us a uh, review on Apple Podcasts, that helps immensely. And actually, I, I want to actually read a couple, if, if you don't mind. I do not mind. Sure. Yeah. This one, because I, I haven't read any of these on the show, but maybe I'll just, maybe I'll break them up. The most recent one is the one I'm going to read, and we'll kind of move from there. I'm deciding this now. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, you're running, you're running, you're running things! <laughs> this one is, is fantastic. This one comes from Colby K. At least that's what the Apple username is. Thank you so much for writing this. This is really great. Quote, I'm not a frequent reviewer. As a history buff myself, I felt led to leave a double thumbs up for the History Boys. The podcast covers the broad and intriguing array of topics. The guys have special talent for choosing overlooked figures in history whose stories are just as entertaining as the Napoleons of history. Red Cloud, Ernest Shackleton, and, and Attila the Hun. Stories that make you think, mostly why didn't we learn about this in school, all told you by yours truly, who's, now this is his words, a gifted storyteller to say the least. This is why you <laughs> wanted makes, to read this. So, it mm. makes me weep. It makes me weep. <laughs> from your from the tip of your dick. Ah, <laughs> uh, dick weeps. <laughs> And he says, as I'm working from home, I put this on during lunch and always find myself laughing aloud. Definitely worth a listen if you're ready to learn something new. Story sources are always cited and recommended and laugh while doing it. Thank you so much yeah. for saying that. That's great. What was your source today? Uh, I have uh, several sources. Gotcha. They're, they're all going to go on the source notes. You can see all of the source notes on our pages and stuff. Um, I don't, I didn't have like a full book for this one. I did have the diary to go off of, which has been digitized. That's fucking nuts that, which that is, you're able to find yeah, that. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And they, they put like all the pictures with it and, and everything else, which is fantastic. All of our sources can go in there. And if you join our Discord by donating to our Patreon, I always recommend books on there as well, uh, usually from things that we've done episodes on in the past. And we can get on and chat with all of us, like we've done in the past. And in order to do that... So if you want to be a uh, History Boys uh, Patreon pal, the things that you will have access to at $1, access to our Discord. At $5, you get access to the Discord. And a thank you from us. Uh, a uh, Well, I mean, we're all appreciative, but you get a shout-out on, on the show. At $10, uh, you'll get all of the above plus exclusive content. Uh, the first exclusive content that will be released is a uh, six-song EP uh, that I am in the middle of writing for you guys that is uh, music from the show along with uh, topics that we have discussed um, in the past. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, we're coming up with more ideas for exclusive content. If you have any ideas, feel free to email us. Oh, our email address, historyboyspodcast at gmail.com uh hit us up there if you want to send us anything you want to just say hello you want to suggest maybe uh, another topic that we could cover it's always welcome we always love hearing from you um you know of course 
unless it's something negative, then you'll be mocked. Right. Oh, behind so your back. Funny. And if you like being mocked behind your back, I suggest you do that. Relentlessly. Yeah. <laughs> Relentlessly. <laughs> Another cool thing about the Discord is that if you join us uh, on there, and uh, every uh, every couple weeks we do a, uh, a, a, a virtual beer with our patron pals, yeah. And uh, it's a great opportunity for you to get to know us, for us to get to know you. Uh, if you have any questions fun. about any of the topics, I'm sure Jerry can answer them while the rest of us just uh, navel gaze and uh, drink shots the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> uh, I mean, I was looking at you for a sense of camaraderie no. more oh, than okay. anything else. Yeah. I don't know why I took it personally. I felt attacked in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again so much for listening. And as always, love you, bye.